This podcast was recorded on December 4th, 2022. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and people outside the binary. Broken Class is back in session. I'm your discussion leader, Thomas Gradient Hura, and it's a really unique pleasure to be able to interview a band that I love. I usually do one-on-one, one-on-two interviews. This is going to be a wonderful time to get to chat with four members of Alamance. So I've known this band through some of the work I've done with Wow Hall lately, and uh, I was especially happy to find that I actually work with one of the members. So Alex is a drummer. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Yvonne is the bassist. Yo. What up? Josh is the vocalist. How you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Awesome. And we got Matt who shreds that six string. What Josh are you doing, man? Hey, I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? Cool. I always start out the show with the same question I ask everybody. So um, if it ends up taking a while, I'm going to post and edit in. This is when we start talking about music. Ding! 18 minutes in. But the question is, what is a controversial opinion that you have about anything? I'll let anyone start. Um, I think $2 billion is too much money for Avatar 2. Damn. Yeah. Wow. I don't think anybody was waiting for the sequel that hard. I had no idea that we had any movies that have budgets that high. Yeah, that's we fun. don't. That's a that t- we don't. It's like a, it's an astonishing right. thing. That's, yeah, that's sick. Yeah. yeah. Have that, like, <laughs> you're going to talk. No, it's cool. <laughs> we're trying know. to share one of these mics, but it'll, it'll come off good. Two billion? Two with a B. With a B is, is what I heard. I mean, I'm not in the film industry, but, you know, uh, to, me, to me, it's like five years too late and about two billion too much (laughs) yeah it's kind of i'm curious how that is like uh assessed given that like that's what i'm like working on it like all the time for years and like are you like what's like what are they going to spend i I gotta imagine much so much of the budget is just the visual yeah the the graphic design the visual effects and the design of it and everything but it'll be good hopefully maybe maybe not i mean you put it'll look pretty it'll look yeah exactly i mean i mean it could like go leaps and bounds beyond it's all right it's all right possibly even imagine right now you i know? just watched so, the first one again so that's what had it on my mind and i was like it's, it, it's, it's you know it's good too much. it's good it's all right it's a shitload of money two million no shitload yeah, of money. Yeah. yeah family friendly podcast shitload of oh, money shit. <laughs> um no josh how you doing uh, good, good, you got good. any opinions yeah yeah i'll start off with the light ones uh rings of power is better than game of thrones Ooh. Yeah. That's so the Rings of Power I understand is the new like uh season of Lord of the Rings yeah. world. Yeah, I know a lot of people are gonna be very upset I think about everyone that. Everyone just tuned out. Yeah, probably. Um <laughs> but I'll I'll just go further and say the Hobbit trilogy sucks. That's You're garbage. A new franchise I was gonna ask you. That's fine mm-hmm. though. Sorry. I've it's like the problem is I don't like to like steer these too much, but I kinda have to in my weird role here. Yeah. So people are gonna be hearing from me a lot and Please steer. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Are you talking about versus House of the Dragon, which is the new Game of Thrones? Okay, you're talking. Oh, about, oh no. Or are you talking no. about against Game of Thrones as a universe OG. in general? No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. The actual Game of Thrones, Hell like yeah. seasons one through eight. Yeah. I. No, you're right. My, girlf- my girlfriend eight. turned off the podcast yeah, angrily yeah. just now. Oh my Sorry. lord! There you go. You lost, and it's fine. I watched all. You of, lost all the only guaranteed listener that I provide. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, sorry about that, guys. Oh, it's um, good. It's fine. Look, you know, yeah. it's fine. It's yeah. just like when I'm when I'm tuning into a fantasy show, I want to relax. I want to have a good time. I want to take me on a journey. I want it to be, you know, palatable in terms of its dialogue and its story. And I feel like um, when I turn on even, you know, even House of the Dragon, like 
Okay, rings of power, they're going on the boat, and everybody has an issue. The boat's too small. They can't fit the Spoiler horses alert. on the boat. Okay, well, <laughs> if I turn on Game of Thrones, it's like I'm going to see the queen on the bone being like a boat, and somebody's like cleaning out her like bedpan. Like, I don't need these <laughs> details. Get me to the good shit. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Intentionally glacial pace and also overwhelming you with different characters and family yeah. trees. And like, I just, I don't, I don't need the, the shit that like is like real life. Like, it I'm shouldn't in have the to feel like show. I'm in a history 200 yeah, course no. to be able to enjoy a show. Exactly. Yvonne, do you have any feelings about this in general? Because I kind of want to get your take Dude, on it. Dude, I got nothing on this. All right, I've never, cool. I've so never your... seen these these uh, series. I've never seen <sighs> Game of Thrones, never seen The Hobbit, God. Lord of the Rings. Really? I've maybe caught one or two Harry Potter movies. Bro. I know. I got you. I'm oh, sorry. No. Don't yeah. worry. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got one that'll make you, some people even more mad, though. Oh. Here's mine. Uh I'm afraid to hear this one. You want, I'm sorry, Matt, bro, but sports fucking suck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Oh so Lord. any athletics just fucking wow. in the trash. No, I'm just I'm saying like I mean if you play sports, you know that that's right. one thing, but like this this competitive like high level sports like shit's boring. I don't know. Like, I, okay, but it's more like it's it's more so like the hyper like dedicated fans you know to like that are just it's just like a cult like loyalty to like a, to like a, a team and it's just like I, it's like it's so weird I get that. it's so I get bizarre that. to me i don't understand okay. like yeah. i, I can't you got you got me in the second tribal yeah. and i you can't really i can't yeah. see myself like doing that for anything Taking so it's just the funny like, thing yeah. is with these you takes know? in one sentence yeah it's yeah. controversial you actually have unpack no, it you're I right no I, oh, that's it's true. thought out it's a little thought out it's an opiate of the masses it's not a you know that's what we're kind of getting like you like for people's whole like heartbeat to be around yeah. <laughs> this thing that's a game when there's real a lot of big money in it and that's real people like gamble issues on, you could be just, just as concerned yeah, about. Like, who oh that? yeah, and I mean if you really dive into it too, I mean there's there's some serious issues you know when you think oh. about some some the CTE and some sports oh, and, and things that are happening. CTE. Yeah, the, every freaking uh, every week it seems like a, yeah. uh, a new owner is like out as being incredibly racist. Oh my god, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's just like, you know, I mean, that's one thing with soccer. People are always like, oh, soccer is so slow. They call everything. It's like, yeah, because they care about their players. Yeah, <laughs> you right, know, they, they stop right. everything. <laughs> right. But, yeah, yeah. No, I, could, I could, you know, it's just, as a sports fan, I mean, if you, I, I can rock with you. I'm not knocking bit. you if you like it. Just, no, like, I can rock with right, you. Right. I, I think it's more, like, targeted for, like, certain people. It's mm -hmm. like people who, like, just deck out in, like, U of O gear. Just, like, careful now. You look like a clown, dude. <laughs> sorry, we got a lot of Eugene fans. Oh, sorry. Yeah. sorry, guys. I'm going to say there are a few, I graduated there are a few houses. houses all. Yeah. Sorry, but there are a few houses in podcast, right? You can talk about something, and people yeah, are going right, to fight. If, if it gets dug up and pisses people off, it's probably even good for your band. Exactly. You know what I mean? Sorry, guys. You know what I mean? So, what's I'm Alex's sorry. controversial yeah. take? Controversial take. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, there's not too like like, there's certain differences of controversy, right? I mean, a simple thing, we can always go off of like, you know, like uh, modern art and, and, and film and stuff. Like, I think recently uh, the movie Nope was a big nope for me. Um, I thought oh that was... Gosh. Hit it with a nope, huh? Yeah, oh, dude. my yeah, gosh. Honestly, I didn't I mean to host a, this level uh, of <laughs> foolish controversy for no reason. Representative of all of the band. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I wasn't. A, I so, wasn't how's a it feel fan. to be on your last interview with me? <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. I mean, I love uh, I love the dudes that put put it together and stuff, but I just think they they missed the mark on it this time. Um, it was just it just tried too hard. It was it it wasn't like it wasn't gruesome enough. It wasn't funny enough. Everything that they tried to do, like 
adding all these different things. Like if it was like, if it, if it just even hit being scary or if it just even hit being really funny, then it would be good. But they tried all these different avenues hmm. and then they never hit the mark on any of them. Jack so it's of all trades. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, okay. Exa- yeah to okay. me anyways, you know. Well, well I, I, I thoroughly disagree. I thoroughly I disagree. <laughs> I, I've even just like not even like... Yeah. wanting to consider your opinion that much because I don't care because like you know, oh, no. that's, and you know as an artist you know yeah, it's like so much hilarious. easier to talk yeah, yeah. shit yeah, yeah. otherwise uh, than like create this epic like scale of an amazing that's and that's my that is a, in, in a different take for the controversial thing right. so there's like the whole like cultural like art sort of thing and, and, and modern stuff but also you know what Everybody's got an opinion, and they all fucking sing. They're like assholes, you know. Don't wave the mic around too much. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Everybody's no. Everybody's got an asshole. Everybody's got an opinion, and they all stink. Um, and that's just my take on that. So, I mean, honestly, I think we don't really need to to just try to push things down right. everybody's throats all the time. It's kind of huh. like keeping it within yourself sometimes, and just knowing your own truth is it probably gets you by a little bit better and be be a little happier, you know. So, some people might yeah. might be able to relate to that sentiment on some particular thing. I don't think Nope has been forced down people's throats no, that no, much. No, I'm not saying okay. that. Right. Okay. No, not at all. Right. Not that. No, right. not that. Right, 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 right. I rock and the I, movie. And I think we probably all have a film or two <laughs> that's like you feel that you should like it because everybody likes it, and the critics, the commercial mm, success yeah. of it, and maybe you just aren't with it. Like, yeah. for example, for me... Um, well, this would be a band, so we could lead into a little bit of music. I don't want to lead into music yeah. on a, too much of a negative tone, but Mumford and Sons? I'm with you. I'm, I'm with 100%, you too, 110% I'm, with you. Yeah. Like, dude, when they were really big, too, like the whole time, I just, and now still, I, it's not like sometimes a band will be really big, and yeah, I just hate out of jealousy. And then when they come down, I check it out, and it's actually good. I just don't get the Mumford yeah. thing. The drummer just left yeah. recently, yeah. actually. The, and that the, was the, the cave? A, a huge. Thing too that Deep he cut. he was um, he, I mean he <laughs> fuck I'm sorry no <laughs> you're you're good <laughs> yeah exactly uh, no yeah I I think I ended up kind of finding that out recently uh, Mumford and Sons drummer just left uh, and it was because there was um, a lot of people who didn't like that he posted like a book he had posted a book that he had read he enjoyed it and he said I really enjoyed this thank you like for the, the person who ever wrote the book. And uh, he got a lot of backlash from it. And then he kind of just was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm out of the public eye, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, so I mean, for for a band that's maybe a lot of people like, some some people don't. I mean, they're going through some changes, so hmm. they might have some. Do you know sound. any of the top the topic of the book or I actually the I reason can't recall. For I for, can't recall. Yeah, even must really be what something. It was. Yeah, so, on the controversial. One of the things is like, yeah. uh, okay, we're dancing around like a topic that is referred to often as cancel culture, and cancel culture to me um, can be a very real thing. But for the thing is that like one like political party, for example, and I don't know your guys' politics genuinely at all has tried to weaponize it a little more than the other one uh, in terms of like i would say the right wing is like oh they're trying to cancel us for everything but everyone uses it like it happens like in many different scenarios i feel like oh absolutely like, people on the left people on the right like for reasons like often it's just like being accountable for having done something genuinely really shitty and not being like uh, making a good apology or caring at all about the mm-hmm. fact you did harm um but it also like it can be just really frivolous. Yeah. Well, let me ask you the question then, because one of my, uh, instead of like the light controversy, I was going to bring up another one. And I think it kind of gets to this, is if everybody were to wake up more with 
let's say what I would generally, very generally term as like a Buddhist frame of mind. What is the role of, of placing blame at somebody's feet? Like, or, or a retribution type of behavior towards somebody. Like, uh, I think like if everybody could wake up and think like very clearly that, you know, I want what's best for this person who did wrong. You know, I, like I want to improve Compassion. their lives. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, you're saying like, would that action even be like, like, a, yeah. What is the role for us to like, would it like be a tool <laughs> like it is right now in this society? Right. You know, right. So like, do you see ourselves as that right. as being a mirror to, to ourselves in, yeah. in, in a larger picture? And, and so and, like, and, and really, you know, like, like we don't like really understand like human nature and, mm-hmm. you know, to its yeah, like, yeah. And you have free will and all these it, questions the whole, is like reality thing of it. I mean, on it, I, I had, <laughs> this is probably like something that it doesn't have too much backing, but, uh, that there's actually a certain percentage of people that don't have an internal dialogue too, hmm. even mm-hmm. like, like, I mean that, that like, it's if they're told to do something, they will feel like a little frustration of something if they don't want to, but they don't have to, they don't go through like, oh, damn it, like, why do I got to do this? I just did this, whatever, you know, like all this sort of thing, like this internal mm. dialogue. Yeah. Um, but apparently there's like a good percentage of humans that don't have that. And yeah. I don't know, as somebody yeah. who and constantly is like going through my own thoughts and every near every moment, like, I don't even know how that's even possible. Mm. And like to to the point you were bringing up there is like, you know, yeah, it it, it doesn't seem to be a tactic of any, it seems to just be a tool in the tool belt now. Right. You know, it seems mm. to be a way that people are able to hurt somebody. It's yeah. Like, you know, mm. it, it, and that like, is an outlet that we have. You know, we can't yeah. physically reach out or there's laws that keep people from doing this or that to somebody. But, you know, if you want retribution against somebody, you know, just or unjust, that's right. a good way to go about it these days. You yeah. know, you can get a lot of we eyes were, and ears. We were told the Internet. Here's a way to bring it into your guys' band, too. I, I have a segue in my mind. We were told that the Internet would open us up to these these vast uh, amounts of information that would allow us to substantiate and corroborate and do research well. Absolutely. <laughs> like Yvonne smiling, right? Like, it, it allows for the promulgation of huge amounts of disinformation and, like, backing of the most bullshit opinions you have. Talk about that, Yvonne. I mean, yeah. I think you can find anything that, like, supports right. whatever the fuck you want to believe in. Like this. Exactly. Like, but I guess, yeah, I don't know, dude. It's, it's well, kind of frustrating. It's kind of weird that, like, I don't know. It is. And so the thing is, to Matt's point, it's like we should be able to look at them as a case-by-case scenario and understand like, oh, is that like kind of look at the details. Don't just go off, off, oh, it flags this hot issue and so I automatically have my opinion because I am pro this or I am anti that means I'm pro that scenario. Right. Ideally, we would be able to look in and really understand like where's the evidence? Where's the – what could be the motivations Mm -hmm. of people at hand? Absolutely. What's the character of the person saying the things, the context of whatever. You know, again, I'm not taking sides one way or the other, but it is good to just, you know – it's it, it the 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 availability of information with yeah. the internet right. is you know it, it's Spider Man man great power great responsibility you right know, with all that information out there it's like you kind of have a responsibility to do your due diligence if you're going to be you know going to the country or the you know the community square and, and stringing somebody up right you know right. you got to do some yeah. due diligence because it's it's a uh, it's pretty easy to pull that trigger on somebody, you know? Yeah. So I think, and, you know. Well, uh, kind of going on the cancel culture, too, like what we were kind of talking about earlier, I think we we touched on it a little bit. It was like this split with uh, in shows and art between like maybe like what is objectively good and what is subjectively good. Mm. You know, what, what you like as a person versus like what is actually good art. 
And I think, you know, when we talk about music, that's really, really, really freaking hard to figure out. Um, but when we talk about like shows, it's maybe there's a little easier to, to do that there. But, you know, like finding a way uh, to like make that distinction for, for, let's say, somebody who, you know, has gotten canceled or has d- done something bad, um, like, you know, viewing the art separate from the person in some type of objective sense is like a good tool to be able to say like, you know, okay, we don't like them. We don't Mm. like what they did. And yet at the same time, what they made is still good stuff or what they, you know, like. I can think of people uh, in (laughs) communities of color that have produced work that was just so important for that community you learn later that person's a shit bag. Absolutely. And then you're like, that what do we do entirely exactly. with the entirety of the legacy of that art and how that art is then received for those communities? And sometimes I feel like for me, like if it's a, in happening in the black community, for example, I do not feel like I really should be telling them what to do. Right. So like right. if I make a say like I will never listen to R. Kelly again and I will probably try really hard never listen to Yay again, for example. Right. That does not mean that I would tell a person what to do in their own community. Anyway, I kind of almost don't want to talk too much about issues that like a bunch of bros are like around the same age or like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> be another people with a podcast talking about all those those kinds of like here's my take on racial justice, right? But right. as an Asian American, you know, a half Japanese person, it is often like I don't know the the liminal space of like I can speak to this kind of broadly, but I but I also have some white privilege. Anyway, fair enough. Let's get into the music because the segue I was thinking about was just about um, trying to promote music in a world of constant noise on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we should establish the, the the foundation of like this band fucking rules. That's <laughs> like <laughs> establish the musical tenor of this band because um, can I play like a clip from your guys' music? Course. All yeah, right, I'm gonna put I mean, in a song right now, like a little bit of that. You heard some of that. Don't know what song that was, but wasn't that fucking cool? Um, these these guys are very, very, very talented. Um, and so when you are making music, what's the writing process been like for you recently? Because it's been a long history as a band of sort of different styles and embracing different styles as long as there's heart in the music. Yeah, yeah. It, it has been a long process. And I think like the process that we're at right now is definitely a collaborative one. Um, it's always seems to be that someone brings, you know, I would say 35 to 50 to 60% of a song. Um, and, and the rest is uh, collaboration, getting it to the end. Um, so yeah, like Singularity, our most recent one, Matt had the music. That's the one we just played. Oh my gosh. There you go. <laughs> That's the one that goes... Yeah. No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I, I know how it goes, yeah. but I'm not gonna just try to sing it when you're right Fair here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Put in a clip of him singing right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so that, that was like Yeah, for instance, like music. that song, you know, that was uh, a demo that I had recorded on my computer to just test out some, yeah. some plugins and, and stuff just on my own that Josh overheard one day when yeah. I was hanging out, and he was like, oh, what's that? Well, you know, we can do something that? with that. Yeah, that's something. And like it wasn't, it really wasn't going to go anywhere. No, like that, it, that it was just, was just yeah, like a doomed to die on my yep. hard drive as just a test track yeah. of you know some stuff. But you know, I what I didn't hear in it, you know, uh, these other guys are able to hear stuff in in, in the tunes and and really bring different uh, elements to it that yeah. again I would never hear, think of at all. With mm-hmm. that song singularity, um, mm-hmm. when I mentioned, I, I have seen you guys live at the Wow Hall. But uh, my involvement there has been as a volunteer, which means that I'm not able to be in the main hall a lot of the time. Mm. And so um, that was a show you guys were on with Hyper Sloth and three other bands. Um, yep. Who, Fest? Someone? Ray Fest? Fest. Uh, oh, Crest Fest. Fest. Best Fest. Best Fest. Best Fest. Yeah, it was a fundraiser for <laughs> someone named Best. Uh, <laughs> Think, so look that up if you want more information about that. Obviously, I don't <laughs> yeah. know shit. Um, but so I came into the hall while you guys were playing that song. And oh, nice. that was when I really, because I heard most of your set, but I actually got to see you perform that live. So I really came to like that song. And um, when I listened to the studio version later, it, I could tell it had the, it was the song, right? But it had additional vocals. Like it had a lot of cool shit that didn't, uh, like you when you're a band, there's the live version of the song and then there's the studio version of the song. And yeah. they were both beautiful. I appreciate um, that. Thanks, thanks. Tell me about those harsh vocals that were those, those yeah. screamed vocals. That was actually all part of the collaboration. Like at the point that we brought it to the band, it was literally the most chilled out bridge you can possibly imagine. Like there was not much there at all. And everyone was like, we need to do something with this. Every time we played it something. at practice or something, it was just like, this yeah. doesn't feel right. And we even played it out. I think the one that you saw that you're yeah, talking about, yeah. it had that bridge that was not finished and is not what, what we actually have on the record. Felt too tame. Yeah. It's always good to be able to uh, keep things fresh when you're performing things too, and 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 make changes. The more you play with it, I mean, the more you listen, the more creativity and sort of ideas you can have. And when you really go through material and are like writing uh, parts, and you're kind of you know really seeing where the song goes energetically, um, that's when you can make some some outside decisions on it as a whole and. Um, everybody was on the same page too. It's yeah. really cool when you everybody's like, "Yeah, we're all kind of like, okay, something something's going on right there. Let's let's open it up a little bit." And then yeah, so absolutely. that's what we were able to do. We like, we like uh, it was an evolution. Jammed sure. through the the really calm bridge into like that epic part where it like really gets big yeah. and um and then we we had that and we were like, all right, we need this breakdown and um that breakdown was like just like sitting around like messing with kick drums on uh f- like friggin uh cubase just like punching in hits hitting it with the guitar i had like done it all on opens and then i sent it to matt and he was like here's some cool shit we could put on top of that so it's like the rhythmic part of the opens i don't know how many people are going to be interested in this but like there's a little inside baseball yeah, but you know um, like i had taken his rhythm and i was like oh well that's a great rhythm right there you know uh what if we did some of these you know melodic chords over that mm-hmm. to kind of you know, bring it in from... So it's not just like Mashuga. Right, you know, right. You know, kind of bring a little bit of our personality in there, you know, and, and you know, once we brought it to the guys and, and heard their additions into there, it was just, it, you know... It, it's funny, some of the songs recently, we've we've been writing them almost on stage a little bit, 
you know, we're kind of playing them on stage before they're truly finished in the composition phase. To That's the great. point where it's, yeah. al- it's almost like a stand-up comedian, you know. We're almost like kind of mm-hmm. seeing people's re- yeah, working yeah, out, seeing how people improvise. react to it, you know, um, seeing that people didn't really f- weren't really feeling the bridge. So that kind of yeah. helped solidify in us. Like, yeah, I think that does need to change a little bit. I think that sort of is one of those things that kind of separates <laughs> us from like maybe a lot of modern metal bands too. Is like we really do improvise in That's a great various point. ways um, that I think maybe. Uh, not a lot of guys really out there are doing. Um, we will kind of really find different voicings and patterns, rhythmic patterns, as I'm as I'm playing a set. I'm a, I, I I originally really started playing a lot of jazz when I was younger, and so I I play like that. I know that Yvonne does too, and uh, we kind of feed off of that. And so when we're writing material, it's so much easier for us to like piece together these things. We have because we're kind of bursting with like ideas on it. Um, so, you know, taking it to new material, each song is really kind of livened up. Love to hear from each of you briefly uh, a couple of your influences, whether it be in this band or just as a personal listener of music. Just like one to three artists from each of you real quick. Let's go for it. Matt first. Matt's pretty good at talking. <laughs> <laughs> No this is a tough no for me, okay, I, I, I really like Nas. Nas oh, inspires man. me a lot, but because uh, I'm a hip hop artist. Yeah. But in a but a Weezer is a big in- influence for me in when nice. I'm doing rock stuff. Yeah, for for me, honestly, the reason I I, I have pause there is is only lightning round. Just say the artist's lightning fucking name. Round. Um, Sorry. <laughs> we're gonna go with uh, big influences. We're like Devil Wears Prada. Um, you know, I take I take a lot of influence from from rap artists. Actually, honestly, I mean, uh, if you if you look at my Spotify wrap up, it's mostly rap artists. So you know, uh, I mean, I relate. I snapped at you, but it's hard to like sum up your yeah, musical yeah, taste yeah, I mean, and spit out the name of a person. A lot or of it band. doesn't come from where not, listening to our music. You wouldn't expect yeah. where a lot of my musical taste li- lies, but. Uh, yeah. You know, like like a lot of his like a lot of DJ Premier tracks, honestly. A lot Hell of, a lot yeah, of, dude. A lot of um, uh, Hell yeah, yeah. Honestly, a, a lot of classic he rap. Keeps, uh, DJ Premier was the in Gangstar. He pioneered East Coast <sighs> hip hop production, and and he's always kept hip hop fresh, and he's always made music that was old school sounding, but updated. Absolutely. That's the an analogy for you guys in rock, honestly. Right. You guys yeah. have taken um, there's like bluesy stuff that you guys have done in your past. And yep. Maybe that can informs your work now. I'm talking about the 2012 album. Yeah. And right. and um and you guys embrace like so much of what is current in in a, in a world where I think a lot of bands are just trying to figure out like how to stay relevant. Right. And, and because they come from an old kind of like sound and style and I yeah. only record analog. No right. offense, Foo Fighters, do yeah. your thing. But you know, like that's long, gonna bro. that's gonna continue to age. <laughs> so For like sure. you guys are just yeah. Absolutely. in a different world. Yeah. And just to wrap Thanks, up man. my answer on that is like when you hear some of those electronic influences and if you listen in deep on some of our songs, I mean you'll hear eight oh eights going and stuff like that. And a lot of that coming into our songs is you know, recently we have been focusing more on like, what do we want to hear, you know, as, as musicians. And I think as we do that, all of our influences are starting to bleed more and more into that. So yeah. you're hearing more of that stuff from, from my side, at least, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's killer. Does go, anybody else want to talk about individual influences? Right, right off of that, yeah. like for me, it'd probably be Bill Murray. I don't know if you, Hell know, yeah. you know Bill Murray. 
Oh, I know the comedian. Oh, no, no. He's great. Hell yeah. Bill Murray. Absolutely amazing, amazing artist. Poppy. You know Poppy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Poppy. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably... Kind of like... The videos with Poppy, there's like it's like it's like a Avatar idol kind of like pop star. Yeah, yeah. Aesthetic she's where it's, really it's, it's something Amazing. where it's more than just the music. Absolutely People more than the music. People want to yep. be engaging with, interacting with, immersed a in a world that is way more than just. That's an me, album. man. Like, because who's I, buying just a CD? Exactly. I wanna like artist like doing music for me and it comes through in a lot like lyrically I think is escapism. You know, it, it's part of this like. Um, my like love for fantasy, my love for video games, like all that shit is it's all part of the same thing, which is like, you know, just telling a story, something that's like weird and different and out there. And that's why I think Bill Murray, Poppy, although completely separate genres. Um, and then like, I don't know, something very heavy, like Lauren Ashore or something like that. Like, all get that for me you know they cool. take me to a different place because between they're the so different between the barrier to me like oh, yeah. you know you're just listening and going along and then it's like what what did they just do like that makes yeah. no sense why would they do that like that and that's just pushing the boundaries i love that shit yeah. i don't know when you said what did they just do i thought of for some reason red hot chili peppers 1989 mother's milk track one good time boys does anyone know it no. they just like had a bridge i don't know if they just didn't want to like make a bridge they just cut in three little clips almost like you turned a radio dial from other songs and just like sampled <laughs> Dude, other awesome. songs for like, like four seconds at a time I love and that. then came back to like the post chorus and came back to the third yes. verse right. and it was just like you I did not it. see that coming the risk you yeah, know, take like the a, risk. It I mean, pays off for, for me at least. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you'll hear you'll hear uh, sound samples and clips and speeches and stuff in our in our our, our every one of our songs. are somewhere in there. You know, like all that MF Doom kind of style, like back yeah. in the day. You know, storytelling in the background. And and if you see our set now live, I mean, there's interludes and yeah. So cherishing yeah. all that is great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we can continue on. Yeah, in the rock category, I really like. Uh, I don't know, Muse, I like Radiohead, Led Zeppelin's huge. Awesome. But I've also got like... Uh, Amazing bands. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, I have uh, also like a jazz background, you know, through college, uh, a theory sort of background and, and classical stuff. So right. any of uh, sort of more complicated harmonies or anything like that, you know, is, is, is something I'd look to or incorporate. At least, uh, he's trying to like say he's a fan of animals as leaders. A little bit, yeah. So just like, I mean, but but to the like, and then he's nice on the guitar. Sort of, yeah, okay. yeah. I've never heard of animals as leaders. Oh, really? What? But the bands you have, I have heard of Muse, Radiohead, Led Zeppelin, all have amazing bass, amazing bass oh, work. Yeah. John Paul Jones, freaking probably inspired. Yeah, half think, of the famous bassists alive right. today. And then any any of like the Motown stuff is really fun, oh, just bass wise. That's cool. Yeah, I mean those, or, yeah. those classic like bass yeah. lines. There's those nothing like what Motown yeah. was making in the 50s and 60s. Um, uh, yeah, um, some influences, um, heavily as a drummer, as a metal drummer, uh, there's a guy named Brandon Morgan from Misery Signals. He's, he's one of my, he, I mean, that band yes. is definitely like top for, for, for me. Uh, that's a huge influence. Underrated. Um, very underrated band. They're actually making a huge comeback these days. They've got their, uh, their old lead singer back, Jesse. And, uh, but you know, beyond that, beyond metal, uh, I, I like a lot of. Uh, like, 
like electronic jam bands. Um, I like Lotus, uh, like SDS Nine, and like Umphreys. I'm like a, I'm I'm kind of got I got like a big jam band. Like you're talking uh, about Lotus, right? Not Flying Lotus. Not, I like Flying Lotus though right? too. Yeah. I have a um, Cosm Grandma on on vinyl. The vinyl vinyl me please pressing. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, I um, have one vinyl me please. I have Weezer's Pinkerton on vinyl. Oh no, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good album. Yeah, and yeah. then I've got uh, what else? Oh, I've got a Queens. Uh, Night at the Opera as well for vinyl, vinyl me please. So yeah. For people who yeah, don't know, it's like a monthly. Al- you get a special pressing of an of a classic kind of album every year on vinyl. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a good. But setup. it's pricey. It's like it's like yeah. you know if you can do that if you can spend the money on it, it's cool. Yeah. You know, um, I have known that you guys are putting out singles pretty regularly. Uh, they always sound great. Like they oh, always. Thank you. I've Thanks. never heard a song by you guys where I, as someone who's pretty attentive to mixing, mastering, and things like that. Not that I'm good at it, but because I am an attentive listener, yeah. right? Um, I've never heard had, heard a flaw in you guys' music. So to me, there's a, there's a commitment <laughs> to quality. It's not like you're putting out an album every single year, like some bands and artists but you're putting out great stuff when you do. I want to talk about any planned projects for the upcoming 2023, um, what you got going on, and it, you know you continue to play live shows, I assume, and and blah, blah, blah. It seems like I've, Yvonne? No, I was just... I mean, okay. we've got... Yeah. I don't know how much we want to talk about this. Yeah, Next no, no, yeah, I don't yeah, know. We've got... Uh, we're good. No agents. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, new track fully recorded as far as I we're about to send it off actually yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, new song being sent off for a uh, final mix and master uh, tonight yeah so that was uh, that was a fun process but I'm sure Phenomenal. Matt could speak more on that I've got uh, what letter I, does it start with the name of the song. Yeah, the song. You, just, Go you don't tell. have to tell me. We tell you. Monarch, we were even playing it at shows. Yeah. Drop it here. The exclusive <laughs> called Monarch. Monarch. Yeah. Hell yeah. Coming soon. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Um. I think the goal is to try to come out with a single every three months maximum time. Uh, this one's probably yeah. going to be like two months because we've just been hossing it, which is great. <laughs> and everybody's great. been doing an awesome job. Um, playing shows. I think we're trying to get a show, um, three shows a month. So one, you know, one weekend off where we can just focus on writing new stuff, uh, but otherwise a show every weekend. Um, we are, we did our first show recently where we actually had a full 41 minute um, music video type thing playing oh, in the yeah, background. That was cool. Um, John Henry's projected, projected visuals. Yeah. Um, Storylines. The stuff. venue happened to have that cap- capability, but we are going to develop our own capability so we can take that wherever we want. Super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that adds a lot to the yeah, show. Yeah, uh, like like you were saying earlier with Poppy, it's like we're just trying to find ways to up the live experience. You know, we have backtracks already pumping in any kind of synths or whatever we can. Now we have the the visuals that Josh created in a blender and all that kind of playing throughout yeah. our set, synchronized to our set to our music when it when it happens. And uh, just finding ways to, to keep people's attention and, and make people come out to shows, you know, and, and support music and stuff and give them a reason to beyond, you know, just music. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you said, that story, that experience. Yeah. That's what we're going for this year. Yeah. And I mean, we've worked with an animator um, out of the Czech Republic, I believe. His name is Zeromir uh, with Eclipser Art uh, for the past couple of releases. And uh, we really want to work with artists really around the world, visual artists, um, uh, you name it. I mean, uh, you know, other musicians and, and sort of collaborate with people and work with people. And 
uh, we've had that series for ethereal and for singularity and now we're, we're kind of branching out so we're going to have a different uh visual aspect uh for the next couple of releases and um you know that whole animation thing bled into our live set now so we so we can actually use it in our live set which has been phenomenal so um it's just always growing you know is that it's always just trying to leaf over turn the page over just continuing the story you know yeah that's another good point is, is we're trying to do a lot of collaborations this year between uh you know just but right before you showed up josh and i were out yeah. in the car talking about uh you know we have three two, two two three songs that we're trying to piece together into some kind of artistic release not necessarily like hey here's an album or an ep but kind of just like sneakily to the side like some kind of small three song art project where we bring in you know uh, like a rapper on one for a feature a female singer on another one and you know i, I think between all art forms collaborating we seem to it, it just seems to raise all ships you know the, the tide raises all ships right. you know well um i i feel like i want to ask you guys about one of the hardest things about being in a band but really it's the hard one of the most difficult things about being successful in the band I, uh, as an artist myself in hip hop, um, I get to determine success completely on just my own singular terms because I'm not in a band. I get to say, I'm going to put out this song this month. No, I'll put it out in three months. No, I'll put, right. I'll put out, I didn't think I was going to release anything this month. I'll put out an EP this month. I can do whatever I want. And, and we have an idea of what success might be, but I just feel it uh, in a four piece, um, people tend to have to be on the same page pretty well. Uh, and I think like that would be a challenge. So I guess I've kind of just split my question into like three different topics. No, I got <laughs> success and what's hard, but like what's hard about compromise well, actually, communication. I feel like yeah. I feel like it's only has been a beneficial working with people and collaborating. Um, and really, to be honest, because like I moved to Eugene and started uh, my own business here, drum business, and wanted to like write my own music and be like somebody who's doing my own thing and kind of working, you know, solo to, and, and hip hop artists major mostly will do that. And that's kind of the part of the game. But as a musician, if you're playing guitar and drums and all that other stuff, it can, it's too much. And when I came across these guys, it's just only exponentially just ele elevated everything. Like all of the work that I would have had to do, uh, you know, just building something like building a house from scratch. It's great that you get to do that and you get to look back and be like, holy shit, that's what I did. But when you have everybody else building that house together, then you guys, all, you don't have to sleep outside for until the house is built, whatever, you know, we can <laughs> right, yeah. just get it done. And then, and then we can just, you know, start the fireplace, you know, let it, let it burn, you know, mm. keep it going. And that's what I think. I think it's only been beneficial. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to sometimes communicate certain things and visions. Like if you, you know, everybody's got a different mind. It'd be great, obviously, if we we're all to be able to like, like plug into each other's minds and know exactly what we're what we're envisioning for certain certain things. You Elon, know, visual aspects. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get back I mean, on Neuralink, buddy. So, so like there is some sort of like barrier too many between between what you're yeah. thinking and visualizing in your mind. And then trying to kind of convey that, mm. so that can be a little hard. But yeah. um, but we all kind of will find something. I think like like we like really have a sense of what our goals are, and like I would definitely make a distinction between like a feeling of success and a feeling of attaining the goal. 
And that's the most important. Like for me, it's like, I need to remind myself that like success is the process of doing this thing. That's awesome. Like we do that and that is amazing. Whether we hit the goal or not, like that's awesome. But like having the goal and getting to that goal is an objective measure. We can test whether we did that this month, whether we didn't do that, whether we need to do more. And it's like having four of us makes the possibility of hitting those goals just four times as likely i think you know um because it's just way too much for one person to do so um so it's extremely helpful i think in that sense that we all have the same goals you know as far like then for me i'm doing all my own promo video editing and photography captioning my shit sometimes videos just like social posts on four platforms it's it's like they say it's a full-time job, but like if you're really doing it, it could be like more than a full-time job, yeah, you know, it's, really it's, it's five, five those, full-time dude. jobs. Yeah. How does that get delineated? Is it pretty harmonious? Is it pretty, you guys have a pretty good system for yeah. all those yeah. things? We, we Ups seem, and downs. Like yeah. we seem to all have our, our own strengths, you know, that we, we kind of can, can lean into a little bit, you know? Yeah. And sometimes somebody is really on fire with doing one thing and then, you know, they get busy and somebody else picks up the slack and they start doing it a lot. And, you know, I think a a big thing that we've really focused on and had a lot of good, like we've, we've done a good job uh, is, is just growing the Instagram, you know, and, and being on top of social media, hosting every, you know, day and, and just trying to stay on that. And that is because everybody's been doing that together. Yeah, I I think it all truly boils down to uh, truly communication. You know, if you can be open with each other and, you know, if you're going through something, you know, and you let people know, it's like, yeah, yeah, take your time. I'll I'll cover the slack. You're good. Take a beat, you know, and and we'll hop in there. We're we're, it's like it's like a team, you know. So I I think we got lucky definitely with with the guys that we got because you know we all get along we all seem to generally agree on most tasks most goals you know nobody's looking for the glory themselves you know uh you know josh and i've been working together for i mean over a don't decade don't even say it over a decade i have to break out the pen and paper it's too yeah much. for people who don't know you guys um from new jersey met right. together and created alamance and then at at some point, um, at some point between 2012 and 2019, moved to the West Coast, right? Actually, it was 2013. Oh, it was 2013. Yeah, and we wow. had been playing uh, since 2007. So, like, wow. high school. When we were both, yeah. like, 17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's been a... It's it's been too yeah, long. I mean, to ego think has no place years. here, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's a it's a group ego, you know, it's a, it's right. the band <laughs> ego, you know, like yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> let go of my ego. So uh, you got these guys from the West Coast, yeah, plucked them up. What was Gifted. that like? Yeah. So <laughs> when we landed in 2013, we were like pretty underground. We came out with a album actually in 2018 or 2019. It's called Exile. Exile. It's all on YouTube. Yeah, it's all on YouTube, and it basically is Exile. Like it is the time where we were like. Not really doing shows, not really writing. We were writing a ton, like a good amount, like 2015, but there was just a, a very long period where we weren't like actively doing band stuff. We were, yeah, we Alan were just kinda, was kind of in this in my bedroom, just exile recording. Yeah. Kind of every day, it was like changing the idea of what we, our purpose was or what our goal was. Right, were we going to do a concept album? Was it nothing? And it got to the point where I mean, those songs were just building up and building right. up and we weren't doing anything with we them. didn't do anything with them until like finally one day we were like we got to get them out and just start new yeah. like start yeah, josh, fresh josh, josh took me to a bar and he was, <laughs> was like, like listen Bro. we got it like 
we got to put this out. This you has know? to it's, end. It's sitting in know? a vacuum. Nobody's ever going to hear this. I need it to be out there yeah. for my sanity. And know? it was 19 songs over the course of uh, four years. Yeah. <laughs> and um, part of when I said I can drop a track or four tracks or EP or something anytime I want, it's because I have so much shit sitting there. Right. That in my Seriously. mind is one or two steps from release. Mm-hmm. But if you don't make ever walk those steps, sometimes I say, fuck it. It sounds good enough. Just put it out. If it's been sitting there for three, four years and I like it, do it, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And there was a lot of growing pains in that time. You know, we were learning, I was learning myself how to record and, and get yeah. the gear and really trying to dial in our, our workflow. And, and you hear that in some of those songs. Some of those songs are a little, you're kind of scratching your head like, what is this song? <laughs> what, where is this going? Who, right. Is this a concept album? Is it a, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I look back fondly on that music. As yeah. somebody from an outsider perspective, because I wasn't with the band uh, as Exile was going through it, um, it, it was just, it seemed like that was all like growing pains, like in trying to figure out what, the, what you guys were doing. Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and, and like just getting your feet wet, doing it, getting your feet wet, keeping it going, uh, keeping it alive, because you guys could have done nothing. Right. You know? Um, but you did, and uh, and you did keep it going uh, through those years of just moving and everything else. Um, and now we're at twenty twenty, almost twenty twenty three. So yeah. probably be released twenty twenty three, right? Yes. I mean, you or know, 20, yep. or the, maybe the, soon. Oh yeah, no, this is dropping December. We good? Cool, yeah. We're so, hanging on. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're almost twenty twenty three now. So it's it's and it's all fresh. I, I mean, I feel like this whole unit has been been playing cohesively now for about a year now i mean pretty much i i, I think i've been with yeah, the group for about a on? year and a half now i think at it's this like point. A, yeah a year july so um and so it's, it's by been, far the freshest it's, it's felt absolutely I mean, by a large margin the the most free and 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 you know open it's been i think productive since, yeah productive different direction what? too. different direction mm. What are uh, the most enjoyable? What's the most enjoyable thing for you guys about being in this this band? I think shows, doing shows for me. Like I love just getting up there and rocking out and doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you guys have gotten to play a variety of places. I imagine yeah. you've done. If it sounds like you're pretty rigorous, if you're doing three shows a month, that's besides doing actual touring, right? Like like a tour of like a run. Mm. That's a pretty rigorous. Uh, live schedule yeah how are you, how are yeah, you able to locally. get all those how mm-hmm. are you able to get all those bookings without an agent and stuff you know yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, it's all booking yeah, yourself yeah. we all do it ourselves i mean everybody that part's not as fun yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's always the bummer that's part. heavily josh always, yeah uh, leaning into his professional yeah. lawyer and side. alexander yeah. as well <laughs> the business side of things yeah. and i was i had a little bit of a, of a music business background i was a music publicist outside of la for well over a year, I did a lot of music photography. I worked with Relics Magazine. I've worked with uh, big, big um, outlets, and um, I've been able to kind of like, I know, I know, it's it's a communication, you know, within the industry and stuff, and it's just working with people and uh, kind of establishing yourself out there. I think for me, it's like just doing what I've always wanted to do. That's the best thing about it. Is like, like I, I'm actually doing what I want to do, like. Hell you know, yeah. like it's like everything else in life, that's the shitty part that just allows this yeah. to exist. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. I'm just doing what I want to do, you know, and this is what I've always wanted to do. So that's that's the that's the beautiful gold in it. Yeah. Fuck. What was the question? So, like <laughs> the most enjoyable, like enjoyable thing yes. about being most, in the band. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I just I think simply just playing with other people. I don't know. I I think 
I think we kind of take it for granted. Like, oh, we play with each other all the time. But there's a lot of musicians out there who just like our bedroom players or like, you know, it's yeah. totally different sort of thing, you know, playing with other people, especially live. Going yeah. Everything, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just different. I don't know. It's fun. Um, yeah. Um, for me, I think it's, I think it's just getting to do the process of creating music, you know, uh, for for when the when the pandemic hit and and every the shows were shut down everything was kind of shut down and and we weren't writing much in the beginning we were kind of in a weird in between phase of you know we we had lost a drummer oh, at yeah, that we point lost um and and everything was shut down and and what i missed most was just creating music you know just the like i, I it's all i've done since i was 12 13 years old you know and without it it felt like i was missing a, a chunk of my leg or something you know I, I i didn't know so i think just the the process of creating you know like my favorite parts are sitting there at the studio desk and just finding new sounds or or something new you know yeah. and that chase yeah. yeah it's always like uh for me at least like the actual process of creating is like this constant tension of love and hate like you're really excited about it. You start a new song. You have this idea. And then, like, you know... I just had an album like, idea, like, minutes before leaving here. I have so many ideas that just, like, fucking... Oh, yeah, that'd be an epic, like, four-song project or something. Right. This is, like, hip-hop, so it's, like, a little different mm-hmm. than, like, assembling the band and, like, making songs about this. But, right. you know, just, like... I don't even remember what it was, but it was, like... Um, you know, parodies of a certain thing or mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Like, yeah. So, so many ideas. And I think like, it's so, so easy to like do something 35% of the way and then just move on to the next one. Like that's what my brain wants to do. Yeah. And like, just like going through to completion, getting at that point where you're stuck and you don't want to do it anymore. And you're like, I'm done. I want to do something new. This is too hard now. And just keep, pushing like don't stop you know with that song and get the project out you know like that's the rewarding part it's just struggle but it's so rewarding at the end when you get to hear it back have you guys had experiences of people just telling you that they like the music saying that it was really meaningful to them yeah like, oh dude talk about that, that. Talk about yeah that. oh wait, who, 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 who was you, that? did you know dude, did you know about it right? yeah yeah i mean recently we got a a comment from from a gentleman that uh you know is going through some some, oh, some so tough so times and and he mentioned that our song you know got him out of bed and he was having you know some tough times tough day and it's funny you know because you know we we all go through stuff when we're making the music you know life happens things you know we're not in a vacuum just creating music we all have relationships and life and problems and it's funny that you know while you're going through stuff working it out through the music you know somebody can then hear the music and 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 it can help them work through something because that's not my it's not the intended goal it's not a prescription you know for depression or something here's a, a pill of music but it's funny that things can work out like that and you can you can touch people in that way but yeah no we had we had someone reach out and uh, you know yeah. i don't want to give away too much of his information but it was, it was very touching yeah that shit always kind of blows my mind actually yeah. like i don't i don't know like i just feel like so like in in it you know when we're doing the music or or somehow like far away from it too when it's done that like you know I'm, I'm i guess you get so like into the writing process that you start to like 
you know, focus on all of the nitty gritty, making it sound good. And like, oh, that note needs, I need to hit that just a little different or whatever it is. And like, you start to just like get numb to like what the inspiration was in some sense as you're doing it. Right. And like, you just hear it over and over. Yeah, and it's over and over. Like, it's like a thousand times. You don't even hear it yet. And like, it's crazy. Yeah. You kind of like you, if you're like the mother bird who pushes the bird out the nest and it, it's like, all right, like go. And then eventually it'll fly back to you, you and you're like, what? what just yeah. And like, like that, it'll come back, you know? And that's sort of that's like, it's like, get out of my face right now, you know? Cause I just put all this energy into this and it's like your baby, but it's like, man, like I got to get this out into the world too, you know, yeah. like, you I know. found that my initial <laughs> hour or so of having written a song or created something, that first creative drive that makes the song and how exciting it is usually, or even how like underwhelming it is and thinking something's wrong with it. That first hour or so is usually a very poor assessment of like ultimately what I end up thinking of that song or ultimately how what that song is received yeah right. because just the creative energy of it like literally just creating it usually you get like kind of a rush and like sometimes i'll think it's like i'm really onto something and later i'm like that was ass you know dude, but it, so but i true. felt it in the moment yeah it's like it's like falling you know, in love dude. you know sometimes right. you just uh just like that you get into it you look back what was i thinking what the fuck? or and then for you know, me too fondly. lyrics for example maybe we could talk a little bit about that yeah. In hip hop, for me, it's like um, sometimes, Bitch like <laughs> the most. Sorry. No, fine, I don't care. I'll edit it out. You talk too quiet, anyway. I'm gonna have a hard time getting you to be heard. That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. In my head, I'm literally thinking of it. I'm like, I'm gonna break this mic into two tracks, and then I'm gonna turn him down, turn yeah. him up. So anyway, sorry. Guys. So no, it's good. We're good. It's his fault. Um, hip hop and lyrics, and 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 um, realizing because like. Okay, if I'm trying to make a song that people will understand what I'm talking about, and there's a story, and the verses continue on in some way, usually I'm not going to be the most lyrically dense. I'm going to be more straightforward. Like if I was rapping about Josh, here I am going in the street. I don't, that was bad. Do it, but bro. Like, like, yeah, like yeah. I was in my head, I'm trying to think of a, a rhyme for Josh. But like, okay, let me try to do a rap now about the, um, interviewing you guys. Right? Literal, it's not going to yeah. be lyrically Very cool literal, at all. Yeah. Okay, right. you know. So uh, I host a podcast and I work with Alex. One day I was like, I got an interview with his band and I don't know why I did it. But it don't rhyme and it's just authentic. But if I tell a story, then it's going to be specific to Ooh. the shit going on and it isn't that legitimate. Hey. When y'all not waited, then we keeping there, we killing yeah. it. God damn, and we spitting it and thrilling them with this shit. Oh no, you don't think it's so explicit? We're like family episode? No, we say shit. No, we do all the shit and it ain't basic. But anyway... Yeah, I will create yeah. shit that Bars. is no, 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 no. I think the point I was trying to get at is like when you're trying to like because there's like abstractions that are beautiful words that come together and don't mean anything, and there's also like words that are intended to mean something and like tell you the story of us having this interview, which was ostensibly what I tried to do just now, right. Often I'll think that was too basic and stupid. And then weeks later, I'm like, oh, no, that wasn't basic and stupid. Dude, it actually I, just cut to the yeah, point of what was needed. I absolutely know what you mean. So, I feel like I dance around that that thing all the time, that concept of, like, am I too on the nose? Am right. I too, like, direct? Like, I don't want to be, like, you know, too – like, I feel like that's cheesy somehow, right? right? And so, again, like, going back to, like, the, the escapism and, like, the metaphors and, like, you know, sometimes you can, like, hide behind lyrics right. instead of being your authentic self. You know, right. and I think that's like a big thing that we've taken a step in the direction of like just being clear about right. what you're feeling 
in this new stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm a little embarrassed because I was that, that a lot of that was ass, especially the first attempt because I just couldn't oh, think great. of a rhyme for Josh and then I couldn't it think of a rhyme good. for Alex. So it was really, I don't know why I started with those are really hard words to rhyme. Um, this has been really fun, you guys. Um, I do have a question that I tend to ask people at the end of the show as well. You don't know about this. Um, and the show is called Broken Class and it's like loosely education theme, but it's about individual brokenness and individual like and, and things being broken in society and whether or not they can be prepared. This is like really, I don't fucking know. I'm really bad at explaining my own show on my show. That's why my audience. No, I got it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> that, that made sense to me. Yeah. Maybe I'm broken, but that what, made sense to me. Yeah. What's something that's broken in society and what is uh, some part of a solution for it? And it could be anything, right? So it's like the first question was really broad and this question is really, really broad. And I'd love to hear from each of you guys. It's been really fun interviewing yeah. or discussing with you guys. Yeah, man. I'd love to do it again. Sometime. This is great. I go on for forever. <laughs> um, you know, one off the top of my head is uh, division, you know, mm. people. We're, we're too divided in this world, you know. Uh, I think that seeps into a lot of different social and economical, you know, different issues. And that's kind of a vague answer. But I, you know, I think... Uh, a lot of it comes down to not hearing other people and not, you know, or not wanting to or just wanting to hear yourself or the, mm. you know, whatever, you know, anything, political, whatever it is. Yeah. Nutritional, mm. whatever it is. You know, I yeah. think, um, you know, just a, a good, I don't know how to solve the world, but a good place to start is just, you know, listening a little extra to the people around you, you know, hearing them, you know, if they're, you know, understanding them really hearing them is what i mean not just listen but uh yeah that's, that's yeah. one thing so knock that off the bat serious matt out i think it goes like, i like that that's great man. we can yeah. talk about that more too because i feel like um part of the i think about this shit constantly right yeah constantly think about how can we actually unite instead of like just talking about it or or what are really the reasons why we've, we've divided ourselves more i think we are like so Everyone of us uses social media, right? It's not social media isn't the whole problem, and I don't mean to be too reductive, but we are then essentially being trained to just constantly be evaluating things quickly at a mass level yeah, and on yeah. the most instinctive level, and I think that's really played into just how we judge each other more. Absolutely, Absolutely. dude. Absolutely. And yeah. my my point was going to be like literally exactly the same, just phrased sl slightly <laughs> different, which is like people believe things too much. Like belief is mm. the problem. Like don't. Why, like, when you approach something, like, why do you have to believe it so much? Just be open <laughs> to the other person's side. Be open to receiving what they say. And, like, don't criticize. Don't jump down somebody's throat. Don't come with a preconception of what you think the right answer is. And, like, I think whether that's political or whether it's with music, you know, shows, whatever it is, it's like, okay, maybe there's a few fundamental things that you can come to the table with. Mm. But like, other than that, you're, you know, just like approaching it with like, just uh, humility, I guess, you know? The phrase I was gonna use is called epistemic humility. Yes, oh. Ep dude. Epistemology being how yep. we know what we know. Beautiful. We don't know that, that it's true. Yep. I should have epistemic humility about the fact that the guitar that's off screen is blue. I don't know that Absolutely, that's blue. Absolutely, dude. I just believe <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like, Yes, that that's exactly what I'm talking about. I love it. It's funny because I was, it's like, <laughs> I, I have this idea and then I have this idea and then like 
both of you guys took it. Okay, so I got <laughs> so I guess my third on the list. I don't know social inequality. I think wealth inequality is probably a huge one. Um, I don't know. It's just like it's weird to me that like someone can work like full time and just not even afford like a one bedroom, just like it like bare minimum stuff. You know what I mean? So, um, kind of a luxury that that maybe existed before. You know some. You know the pr- cost of college and, and yeah. is a is a huge one. Education, just yeah, I don't know. I think that's a big one. There's all these as far like, as like I mean, there's a everything just like kind of melds in with each other. But solution, I don't know. They, there's a reason why it's called late capitalism, it. right? It's I like guess, I mean, it's like this p- time that we're in now. We all just happen to live now in this this point in time where like we're seeing a system that has just increasingly just been designed to squeeze money out of us at every single point of Absolutely. our lives at every kind of interaction. And it's just so, uh, everyone's so strapped, you know? And so when you say that, you know, the, the, the response to that could be, um, you can't afford to live in that one bedroom, move somewhere where it's cheaper, go somewhere so where it's cheaper, stupid, so, which is generally <laughs> places where their uh, rent is higher, where it's more urban, you move cheaper, where it's more less desirable to live typically and, or, or just rural. Cause it's, it can also be, it's very desirable to live in rural places too. In many cases, there's not a job market there that can sustain yeah, the just, pe- yeah, enough people yeah, right. to really live there. So really it's just, everything's going just yeah. upward into this. I will increasingly say small for potential solutions. I think that right, high, high speed rail like is a really thing. If we invested in that, like I was thinking, oh, wait, wait, wait. Ima- imagine if you could uh, make a Portland salary and live in Eugene because it's thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. That that's I didn't even think about. That. Right, I like that could be a yeah. awesome. St- like and spread the money all created around. Their high speed rail right. in the seventies. Right, right. You know? absolutely stuff like that. This is why you're the single <laughs> leader here, man. It would be awesome. That's a great idea. And and you know with the with the uh, financial inequality and economic inequality, you know, it, it, I feel like people are almost getting a, a very small dose of, of, they're getting a very small peek into the life that some cultures and some communities have lived with for a lot longer than is new to some people, you know. And I think That's there's true. certain classes of people and certain, uh, you know, races of people that have been dealing with these issues for, for a long time. And now these issues are kind of hitting the front door of a lot of America. And it's, 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 it is interesting to see how everyone is affected in different ways by it, you know, and, and the scatter to kind of pick up the pieces of what's going on right now as we try to grow with a system that's ever-changing. For a while, I wanted to write a book because I grad. I was really lucky, right? I grew up pretty, pretty low income and stuff. Um, and when I got a scholarship from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to go to any Whoa. college I wanted, and uh, I went to this uh, school. It was like small private liberal arts college, and you know everybody was rich. Like you know that's that's the quickest way to say it because I don't need to make a huge tangent about it. But like half the school was on no financial aid, where that's like sixty four thousand wow. dollars a year their parents are paying per per yeah. child that they have per year. So and now it's up to close to sixty eight or sixty nine seventy, and so that's when I started being able to feel like oh yeah so I I am poor here I'm poor here I don't want to say it because like I know that I have a privilege you know well a lot of people that do live around here and my point with that was about what what were you just talking about Matt. I'm sorry. Um, uh, different cultures, races, communities that have been dealing with this issue for... for that's exactly right. Thank you. Yeah. Because I came out of that school, and it was also a very um, progressive school, so I, I I felt very much like when I graduated in 2017, 
I had a lot of access to uh, information about like engaging with social justice topics. Then I moved back here and a lot of people don't have that and right. they want to be part of the conversation, but they feel like they don't know what to say. And uh, I, I thought about writing a book. I really wanted to. That was basically like it would have been called at the time Social Jargon Warriors. And it would have been just like a, 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 <laughs> a, great name. a, a like a kind of a, a glossary of these terms and how this term kind of seems to arise and arisen and what it means. All just to say, because you're right, people in these marginalized communities and people all over dealing with these issues, um, so they have a developed language and a lexicon. And, and when Absolutely. we're all speaking different languages, uh, not literally, and that is true too, but when we're all speaking um, with conversations that are so separate from one another, I just want to see how we can like try to have more of that together and yeah. understand each other a little bit more. I mean that that has that, that has to be Absolutely. a goal, you know. I think that's a great thing about music as well. Is, I think that piggyback, oh yes, that sort of piggyback. All right, I can sort of piggyback off of that um, for, for for my topic. Uh, I think it was sort of like awareness or self awareness um, is sort of an issue, and uh, that I think our society is lacking, um, and that really just comes down to really developing that over time and. Um, you know, being self-aware with other people, your coworkers, uh, you know, whether it's like your your spouse or something like that, you know, just being aware of like your actions and like every decision, like just being in the moment too, like just really like enjoying and being present in the moment and everything. Like all of these other like little things that we like talk about, like will really subside in, in some ways, you know, if, um, if we're really just fully present right because like if you can be for people you know if too. you're like self-aware then you can recognize when you are really like holding on to a strong belief and you can question yeah, that and say exactly why do i really think that guitar yeah. is blue it starts with i think it does start with the individual you know yeah. and, and that sort of thing and and so if you build you know in a society that has that uh, is like an objective like like awareness like that's that's something that that society is going to find success i think you know, it's funny because you brought up the guitar being blue, and I and I think um, that epistemic humility to me extends. It's a little bit corny and and almost cliche to say you don't know what people's intentions are, so don't try to think about that so much. But that's kind of what I'm trying to get at because you actually don't know what people's intentions are right. a lot of the time, right? And and the impact of their action is also very important, of course, not just what they intended, but I think about my epistemic humility. Uh, with my girlfriend and I, when we're talking, um, I can only know certain things, right? That's a classic man, woman dynamic, right? Even though I identify as non-binary, but I'm like kind of mostly like masculine. Right. And that's like a typical, like, Oh, you never know what she's thinking or whatever, you know, like, um, uh, and, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is she knows me really well. We've been dating for two years, but sometimes I'm just tired and sometimes my back hurts. So when we go out to a meal, the exact same way I would phrase something like, this is really good. She's like, oh, you hate it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I was like, no, honey, I, my back just hurts. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, True. you know, they raise the price or something like that. But yeah. I actually really do like it. Yeah. So right. even though someone who knows me that well yeah. would think totally the opposite of what I said. And, and you, just don't, mm -hmm. you just don't know. Well, it's so funny that we've wound up here because it's like uh, that, that phrase epistemic humility is so good. And I think like I've had this image in my head when I, when I write lyrics over the last four singles. And it's kind of this idea of like this, I don't know, like like knowledge being this well I compare it to. And like you're diving down and like the more you go under the water to get to this place of where like you kind of say like, I don't 
really know anything. I don't really know what your intent is. I don't really know even simple basic things. Like you start having this feeling where it's hard to communicate a lot of things and it's hard to actually say anything besides I think acting and like being the thing that you want others to see and just living the life um, and not like telling other people or, or mm. saying like, oh, it is this or it's that. It's just like, just do it, you know? And, and, but it's, but it makes like communication hard, like, cause we're programmed right. in a way to like react, react. And, and, um, but I think having that, that tool, is I read really, something, really cool. I'm not going to try to quote uh-huh. it because, uh, it was so long ago, but it was like five points, you know, it was one of these self-help things, you know, how to live a life and whatever. And one of them was stop taking things so personally. And it was it. Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. I, I, I think that one was them, it. Yeah. yeah. Don't and, take anything personally. And that specific one really stuck with me. And I found myself even at work, you know, when I would want to, uh, you know, tear off on somebody and, and really, you know, rip them a new one or something for, you know, I felt disrespected or this or that or whatever. You know, I really was taking a second and being like, I don't know what happened to them this morning. I don't know what's going on in their life. I don't know who's sick in their family. I don't know what's going on. You know, I, I, there's, I don't know why they're bringing me this negative energy, but I'm not going to fire it back at them hmm. because it could just be a reaction they're having. They're going through something, you know, totally. and just I always try cycle. to take that, you know, I don't yeah. all the time, but I really do try to take that extra second and be like, all right, don't take it personal. That's you know? huge. And that goes back to self-awareness, like, right. right? Recognizing, like understanding, having that minute to pause before you react. Right. We have so much power to influence each other with just with energy and stuff. Um, it goes back to music. I lived in New York for a year and uh, got to play guitar on the on the subways. Cause, uh, and I would mostly do Weezer covers. Awesome. Really cool thing about the subway, I would play on the platform. Only had to know about four songs because they're constantly ro- – the train's coming yeah, every yeah, five, seven, awesome. nine minutes. And so I just repeat. No one, <laughs> no one hears me playing Fred, the same Fred song Fred every ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but – I actually awesome. just like one of the truly like we talked about moments that are enjoyable making music. I got a whole train car to applaud once I played The Good Life by Weezer off Pinkerton. Yeah. And um, you know, it was just one of those things where it started out and like that was the second song I played. And like from from a dead train car to just me playing that one song, everybody applauded and people smiled. And in New York, if you've ever lived there Oh dude. I've never lived there, but uh-huh. just, yeah, we, we, we grew up right on the border. Yeah, it's not easy to impress people like yeah. with performances. They're yeah. used to everything happening, with, and I'm, I'm not saying I did an amazing job, but it just happened to be I was in the right train car. There was enough young people there, you know, whatever. But if I had walked into the next train car over and done the exact same thing, probably would have just been everybody just yeah, don't even look up from their phone or whatever. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. And, and that's a crazy experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because yeah. the energy of different rooms. You guys know that when you're performing. Well, that Absolutely. was like one thing that like always, maybe this is just like a West East Coast, West Coast dynamic. But when these guys came here, they were always talking about like, man, I don't know if they're going to like this or like just like, uh, and me like <laughs> living here, I'm like, dude, of course they're going to like it. Dude, you we know were what I mean? so dancing like around. The, I know. Wow. It's just like, and it's so. Hesitant. Yeah. yeah just after scared. our first show, we played here in town uh, at Old Nick's long time ago now yeah. um you know afterwards the band that we had uh, that had opened f- before us was coming up to us out in the parking lot and my immediate reaction coming from the east coast was like oh no what'd we do oh no you know <laughs> how did we did we step on their toes right. did we take their yeah. set spot did we play a little too long did we, did we really play too nice, long you know. and what they were coming over to say was like that was an amazing set yeah. 
smoke this joint. You guys are great. <laughs> you know, welcome to the scene. And we yeah. were kind of like, whoa, all right. Totally okay. different in New you know, Jersey. It's, totally it's, different. it's less yeah. of a um, uh, uh, struggle to kind of get the attention. <laughs> it felt like a little bit out here, you know, because that's a real thing, like you were saying, just to get that attention from people yeah. on the subway to break them out of their daily yeah. grind right. of their A to B is that's that's impressive. Yeah. You know, definitely. it used to blow my mind that the quality of performance I would see that we're completely not phasing most of the people on the buses and sometimes people give a dollar right. or something, but most people don't. And then I realized after living there for a few months, especially needing to get to my job every day at a school. Oh yeah. This is my commute. This is like people in their, in their car mode. Right. Right. You know? yeah. And so if you really live there and you've lived there for 20 years, like, I mean, yeah, we're, we're all human beings. You can be affected by an especially beautiful performance. Or people dance in the subways a lot. They climb up onto the top right. and like do some really crazy like car parkour <laughs> inside the subways. Yeah, yeah you, that would piss you off if you were just trying to get to your daughter's <laughs> soccer game right. or something. You got a pair of ballet shoes flying in your face. You know, you're trying to drink your coffee. Yeah. And and you know, I think I think that for New York is specifically like one of the beauties of New York. You know, is is the ecosystem of of art and culture and business and you know the, the hustle bustle man. Right. The game that everybody's in and it, everyone just kind of coexists. You know, it's a beautiful thing out there. I gotta. Oh gosh, thinking of so many things. Yeah, because like it's also a great environment for swindling. Oh, as somebody who seemed as somebody a, a woman who came up to me and, and uh, you know was just like like looked like she was trying to like need a help or something and uh, like wanted a hug and I gave her a hug and thought this was a really special moment. It's like no. there's more to this expectation and I was just so naive. Oh yeah, you know yeah, I mean? really. Yeah, <laughs> Not might... saying that that sex workers are doing anything wrong. I just was like. Oh, I'm such a silly like <laughs> in Oregon because I went to a show last night at Blair Alley and nice. met some like hippie girls who just you just hug right yeah, away right. and you would never do that in New York. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, no hugging no one you just met. Oh, coming back and forth from the West Coast to the East Coast, so funny. I like smiling at people walking around the New York, New York streets, and there literally one person said, "What is so the funny?" Fuck is your problem? <laughs> like, literally, yeah. I literally What's had so somebody funny? right, yeah, right, and, and I was like, "Wow, okay, that's right." You yeah. Neither is better than the other. And that's blinders, smile at blinders. people. Here. It's just different, and you yeah, can live yeah. with there if you want to have that experience yeah, it's yeah. because uh, east coast people i know and i would actually say people of color often like they come here and they're weirded out by how f friendly everybody oh, is oh, you know God, but not just people go culture, everybody culture yeah. shock yeah. culture shock yeah. is a for a, a, is a real Ooh, yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely it's been really fun hanging with y'all Super. And I, so I, I, I went from a, yeah. a legitimate fan to you guys to like, I hope a friend of the band. Oh, you're, you're one of the boys. Of the yeah, show. You're, one, you're one of us, absolutely. <laughs> sweet, right now, yeah. Sweet. And thank you all for for checking this out. I think one cool thing I want to figure out how to like say something at the end of all these shows now, especially because I only have had the show called Broken Class for like. 10 episodes or maybe like 15 before it was called less stupid with Thomas Huda, but it was lit. I, I felt it was limiting my, it was just too, too abrasive. It was people were like making an assumption about the show before they listen. And, Fair. uh, and so with broken class, thank you for being here. Um, fixing society in one podcast. That's what you just did. Thanks for fixing, fixing yeah. the world. Thanks for having us, man. In one podcast. Love Thanks. yourself. Love, it. love each other. Be good. Listen to Alamance. Stay true. There you go. Peace. <laughs>